This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. You are listening to the Blockade Podcast. I am your host, Chris Freebus, aka Shut Your Trap. Truthfully joining me from halfway around the world, Jared Morgan. For really real. Hello, Chris. <laughs> For really reals, this time your internet works. Yeah, it's not balks like beyond recognition, so much so that I rage quit. Um, and um, throw my cookies um, out the window in disgust without yeah, crappy sure cookies. Intent. I was going to say, and I'm sure cookies were thrown. We, we could hear it in your voice. It was... <laughs> oh, yeah. I was not a happy camper last week. Like, the one time I really need the internet to work properly is just Sunday at 8 a.m. in the morning. That's Just give me that. <laughs> give me that, NBN, co uh, well, good. It is. Uh, it is officially working today, so we can uh, get on with our with our normal bit of business. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I went and saw Blade Runner twenty forty nine yesterday. Oh, you did? Yeah, I sure did. And I checked it out in three D. Good. Oh yeah, good. M- movie is excellent. Um, the three D was non offensive, but kind of also uh, not, it, it wasn't in your face which I didn't expect it was going to be and that was kind of my question of whether I'd go there or not um, uh-huh. but your eyes real quickly just assimilated to the 3D of it and then it stopped being a factor <laughs> so they uh, weren't constantly reminding you of it and I think that winds up being kind of what makes 3D effective is you can't just let it sit there because after a while you become so acclimated to it you may as well be watching a 2D movie. Um, right. They have to constantly be either having something go way, 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 way deep. Um, but it, but it did. It had very, very much depth going for it, which again, I think that's what I acclimated to. But I think now and then you've got to poke things out of people's eyes to make them show that the dimensions come in the other direction too and, and kind of trick the brain, you know, make the brain go, oh yeah, this is what we're, you know, what we're looking at. This is why I actually pay an extra five bucks for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, essentially. So, it's kind of interesting, but like I said, it was also not offensive yeah. 3D in terms of it wasn't. Uh, it was definitely being utilized, and mm. um, it wasn't uh, hard to watch or anything else like that. But um, it was kind of uh, bizarre on that aspect. But in terms of it being a a Blade Runner movie, um, it feels like it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily look like it um because i just rewatched the 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 original uh, a couple of days back just to to really kind of get it back in my head um what i would equate it to is if you take (laughs) if you take a movie like the hustler and then 30 years later or whatever they came out with the color of money and even though it was the same characters and kind of had the same vibe it was wildly different also Mm -hmm. um and i think that's kind of what i got from this where you, it felt like time had passed on. You know what I mean? It wasn't, I think I would have been more disappointed if it had been an actual direct look and, you know, sound and everything else like that sequel. Um, as opposed to this, I bought that it had been 30 years since the original, uh, you know, just even uh, in the story itself and, and how the environments looked mm. and, uh, you know, basically everything of that nature. So, no, it was cool. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it definitely begs to be seen on a big screen. 
Yeah, I would like to go and see it. There's actually a uh, promotion running on Google Play at the moment where you can watch Blade Runner for 99 cents, the original one. No. So um, I'm very tempted just to go and do that because I it's foggy in my memory about what was going on. I think I saw it a long time ago, but I, I don't really remember the movie. Yeah. Um, so I think I should probably go and, and watch it again. It's funny, though, because... It's Blade Runner 2049. It's not like 2249. It's it's near yeah. future. So Well, the original took place in 2019. 2019, yeah, right. See, we got yeah. a lot of catching up to do. Because <laughs> the environments <laughs> I'm seeing in 2049, the shorts, it's like, um, okay, well, we better start developing lots of flying stuff um, now. <laughs> so You know, it's it's funny because when you think about our tech, and how quickly things have advanced. And I'm, I'm always marveling when I think about people that were born, uh, say, right at the turn of the century of uh, you know, 1895 to 1905, let's say, if they were born between that time period, what they saw in their lifetime, you know, you went from basically like having uh, wired, wired, horse-drawn carriages and wire telegraph to suddenly having these flying machines and these automobiles that uh, not only did you have automobiles, but all of a sudden now you had to have paved roads <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and the train was no longer wherever that station was no longer what constituted a city. Um, exactly. And, and then you go from there from tech, you know, from you've had this typewriter, which was a marble to suddenly this computer thing that, Oh, I wonder where this is going to go. And, you know, it's something that takes up an entire room. And now, today, we're holding something that's infinitely more powerful in the palm of our hands. I actually um, saw a picture on Twitter where someone had a photo, an old um, historical photo of a a computer being de-trucked and wheeled through a um, a warehouse door. And today, what they did is they took basically the same picture with the same angle and everything, but held up a Raspberry Pi and yeah. said, this this is basically it now. This is more powerful than that thing that was being wheeled into that room. And that is sort of like sums it up really in a nutshell, doesn't it? Um, it it absolutely does. Goes. If you watch uh, two movies that I watched recently that kind of really hammer this home, uh, one of them is Hidden Figures, which is oh, about... such a good movie. movie. It is, which is the, uh, the the women computers, you might say, of NASA. Yeah, women computers, um, yes. And literally, it was a, a room full of people doing slide rule, you know, as fast as they possibly could to do computations. And they just got delivered their first IBM thing. Mainframe. <laughs> they didn't know what to call it. Mainframe, I, yeah. IBM mainframe. And <laughs> that itself was actually a sub-story in the whole movie that was delightful right, right. as well to watch. Right, yeah. and, and, the, and basically at that point in time, the actual people were almost as fast as the computer, you know, and sometimes almost. more reliable. Yeah, you know, almost. Yeah, that's but right. Also, you know, and then if you also watch a game called uh, The Imitation Game, mm-hmm. which is about uh, code-breaking uh, in England, they came up with the, and I'm forgetting, the the Enigma machine. Yeah. Um, and it's the same kind of thing when you think about they were inventing the computer and it was, you know, wheels and gears, <laughs> you know, happening. It, yeah. You know, it, it, it's relays. Um, you know, it, all you have to do is think about in pinball terms, think about 
an EM versus a, a solid state machine. Basically, they have the the big yeah. The, the whole thing is valves and and relays and mm-hmm. and truth tables and all these sort of manual big things that you know. It's just, yeah filled a room because so of the, I think because I, they're big. I so I think futurists when they do these things in the movies, they always think, well, look at all these advances that happened, but they also never really look at. It's it's individual pieces that wind up advancing, but it's not also the cities and the and the transportation and you know everything else at the same time. It kind of yeah. Uh, like we might I get a flying car. Going to happen? Yeah. So like, well, we might get a flying right, but car, it's not going to. But we're still going to have the Empire State Building, for example. Like you know, <laughs> right. and in twenty forty nine, most likely, you know. So it's sort of like near future. I think there seems to be even more of an art form in getting near future right. Like I, I felt that there's some science fiction movies like uh, Elite, oh, not Elysium, or maybe Elysium is sort of, I'm thinking more like that where, you know, they got this, the dystopian um, world below and then like the really futuristic world above. And yeah. that, that's easier from a filmmaking perspective because you could separate the two concerns. But at the same right. time, the thing that was cool about the the on world experience was the fact that they had basically it looked like a third world country down there, but they still had you know flying cars flying around, you know, mm-hmm. and that's sort of like the 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 blend between like super modern or like the future and the now for me, like that that worked well for me. Yeah, it was not near future though. Like it was twenty one forty nine or twenty one something, so that was a long time. In the yeah, it's, it's it's I think. Uh... If, if I were to make a movie today that took place in the future, I would definitely advance it a good 200 years so that nobody mm-hmm. watching today would be able to 50 years later go, hey, where's my... You're going to be dead before it ever comes about, so you can't complain. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, basically make it, yeah, future prediction um, more than, you know, 100 years or so uh, is, is the same. Yeah. But although is, I don't know, is it actually a good thing to do that, like, is actually a near future prediction um, in a movie actually kind of the reason why we watch these science fiction movies to sort of go like, and the reason why we re- we are revisiting um, Blade Runner 2049 from the original Blade Runner, because we feel that it actually is almost entertaining and fun to actually rewrite the future that was written in a movie franchise because knowing what you know now you can do different things with it and continue the story. So maybe, maybe making it um, irrelevant in a way by putting um, more than 100 years in the time frame would just mean no one cares about it. Um, you know. True. True. So and I, I, know, do maybe... think that, I, I think that the, the advantage that Blade Runner had was it was so vastly wildly different than mm. what, uh, uh, what Los Angeles, you might say, looked at at the time it was made in back in eighty two, mm-hmm. um, that even today when you're watching the movie, it's so vastly different, right? As yes. opposed to when you watch Back to the Future, and their future was, you know, it was basically a facade, you know, slapping on a stroke of paint and saying, "This is the future," and then so that's why it doesn't hold up as well. You know what I mean? You just kind of laugh, yeah, that's and right, mock it instead. You laugh at the neon lights in the corners of the curves. Like right. that's the thing that I, I, that's the thing that that sticks in my mind for that movie. That is the absurdity <laughs> factor 
of that movie, but in a way that's good because it actually makes you remember the movie. Like True. it actually, it's a thing that sticks in your mind going, you know what, this is ridiculous, but I remember that part of the movie because of its ridiculousness and because of its preposterous um, yes. <laughs> the statement that it's making. So I don't know, maybe it's, it's good, but maybe um, I actually, oh. I actually did watch a movie last night that um, I hadn't seen before. And it was La La Land. Um, finally caught up it. with La La Land. Oh, really? Huh. No, still haven't. It's, it's on my DVR right now. Uh, just one of those things where it's just I haven't been in the mood. <laughs> it's uh, I, the thing that really struck me about the movie, without going into too much detail about it, was the just the the camera work. There's a lot of continuous shots in that movie. Um, big big continuous scenes that like I go, wow, that was all done in one shot. That's pretty impressive stuff. (laughs) There's, 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 you got, you got to know what to look for, but uh, there's plenty of areas to hide. (laughs) Well, if they they did hide them, my hats, my hats off to them, sir, because I tell you what, it looked very, very contiguous to me. Like it was very good. If you ever want to watch a, uh, like today with, with, with digital, it's uh, digital filmmaking and and you know CG and everything else like that. Is it's rather easy to do, make these seamless, you know, things happen. Okay. Um, Hitchcock did it all the way back uh, when he made a movie called Rope, okay. and he made the movie so that it looked like it was entirely one continuous scene. Same. But obviously, they were shooting film, and film was only even you know on a thousand foot mag back then. Uh, you only got ten minutes worth of of uh, film running through the camera and so footage right and so what it was always when he would pan it would be panning through a column uh behind a chair or something that's how they hit it but it's kind of you can you can kind of see the 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 cut you might say um today if you watch a movie like birdman uh good luck finding the cut i mean it's it's very tricky (laughs) and sneaky sneaky how they did it but what i always point to is if you want to see a true authentic one take wonder uh, that'll blow your mind. It's you got to watch Hard Boiled, which is a John Woo movie. And oh, yeah. there is there is a hospital shootout scene that is one take, and it has all the carnage, all the explosions, all the just crazy action happening. Uh, and the camera work is phenomenal. But this is, it was made in, I think, 88, 89, somewhere around there. Wow. So no trickery. It's so true. All practical. All practical. And it will blow your mind. Um, it's about a four, wow. I think it's a four, four or five minute scene. Um, yeah, it's, it's incredible. So that's what I miss about uh, older filmmaking is mm. that you knew it was real. And the trickery was true magic, as opposed to now where you feel the trickery is just as just a wave of a you know of a stylus. <laughs> um, yep. So it kind of it kind of takes away the fun of of some of this stuff. But yeah, you know, that's fair enough. Speaking speaking of fun, uh, yes. we ran our first tournament on Zen on Pinball FX three. Oh, how'd it go? I uh, wound up pretty good. We, uh, I was told, uh, Sven warned us about this last week, and that is that when you look up tournaments, uh, when you first go to it, I think they have maybe 15 
20 tournaments listed and they're mm-hmm. all ending within a half an hour. So oh. if you want to find a tournament that is older, you actually have to search for it and uh, know what you're looking for. So he told right. me that most of your entries are going to come at the very end. And true to form, we had about five people in the tournament uh, leading up to it finishing today. And our final entries wound up being, I think, 17 people playing in the tournament. Um, wow, that's good for an online tournament. Yeah, yeah, you know, for just for the fun of it. And and you know what, truth be told, I've joined a couple of these tournaments where I'm just like, hey, look, this one's ending in 10 minutes. Sure, I'll put in a game and see uh, see where I mm. you know, rank on it. Um, so it's it's actually kind of effective what Zen has done because throughout the week I've been logging in. I've I've logged into Pinball Effects three more in this past week, not out of duty but out of curiosity and going, oh yeah. Let's, let's see what's going on over here. Um, then I ever was with uh, Pinball Effects Two. Yeah, it's so uh, they they've really they've they've they got, got a hooks. good way of getting you hooked. It, there's no doubt about it. Um, in regards to our tournament, I'll just uh, so we played Iron Man five minutes, and I had preloaded some of the bonuses that uh, could be people choose. Um, so coming in at uh, number five was uh, CC178. He's a uh, pinball fan, uh, pinball uh, uh, pinball arcade fans form <laughs> member. Um, he came in at 13.1 million. Uh, Angie, A-N-D-J-I, uh, came in at 13.7 at uh, fourth place. I was holding number one up until a few hours ago at 18.2 million, at which point then... Uh, Xenia, a.k.a. Sven, he came in at 18.4 million, and Pinball Wiz 45B came in at 18.44 million. <laughs> so close. So, very close school. Very close. Well, what I... what Here's things that we learn when we, uh, when we make these tournaments. Uh, it turns out that with Iron Man, the key to scoring, the only way to score is basically by finishing modes. And wow. you doing your absolute best, only concentrating on doing the modes, you could complete three modes at most. And that also depended on what modes they gave you because some modes take a lot longer than other modes to uh, complete. And I came very close to completing three modes probably about five or six different times and then finally was able to to get it. And that's what got me my 18.2 million score. These scores of 13.1 and 13.7 million, that's what happens when you only complete two modes. (laughs) Um, And the, the everything else... Yeah, in the end, I think I was able to because uh, Pinball Wiz had a score of 14 point something million and I was able to beat that with two modes um, just barely. And it was like hitting combo after combo after combo was the only way to, to do that. But you can't, you have to do the modes in order to actually get a, a decent score. So what I think we'll do for this next week, uh, I'll post another tournament. I don't think I'm going to start it uh, today. I, I will have it start on Tuesday when this uh, podcast drops, make it only a five-day tournament. Um, I think the trick is to, because I don't want to have the unlimited amount of time play. I don't find that interesting for tournaments. No, that's uh, boring. But I think definitely I'll pick a table that the scoring is more varied on and also let people pick their own bonuses. I think that's where the combination of fun can be. Uh, with this one, it was very linear here's what you're going to have to do if you want a decent score. And so it kind of killed some of the fun for me. Um, like when I saw that these two had beaten my score, I went, 
I'm not even gonna try again. It's not it's not worth it. <laughs> it's yeah. it's so random luck. It's not you know there's no skill involved in that. So I'll come up with something. I'm not sure which table I'll pick, but make sure you look for uh on Pinball FX three in tournaments, just look up Shut Your Trap and you'll see whatever tournament we're gonna be running for this week is the one. Yeah, right. Well that's really good. So it sounds like fun. I really hope at some point other platforms that aren't consoles and Steam can actually get on board the FX Street Wagon, even if they're just like after they've done the testing of it on those console platforms that they actually incorporate into FX2, that would be good, I think. Uh, Yeah, I tried um, looking up my tournament on my PS4 because I did have Iron Man on the PS4. And every time I looked it up, it crashed. So I don't know if that's because I'm the same username on my PS4 as I am on Steam, if that was causing it a, a, a hiccup going, wait a second, are you the same person, but you're on a different platform? I don't understand. Um, mm. So I don't, I don't know. I I would love to hear if anybody out there was able to join our tournament uh, playing either Xbox or PS4. Uh, I'd love to know if you were able to do that. Um, yeah, it'd be good to actually get the get the feedback back for that because yeah, good. Yeah. That, that seems to be the killer feature of this, like the cross platform breaking down the stovepipes that are imposed by those ecosystems with the cross platform yeah. um, tournament system is just the best idea. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, like it's great. The problem is that it's, you know, doing it is non-trivial because you, you do have to actually go into all those platforms and re-architect the way mm-hmm. your apps communicate not using the normal you know systems that probably those um, platforms have in place to broker that so it's not yeah it's it's hard I, I really do credit zen for actually taking the plunge of that because yeah it ain't easy um, and then after spending a full week doing their matchup uh, mode um, i'd done it last week to get out of bronze three into bronze two. It wasn't terribly difficult this week going bronze two, trying to get into uh, bronze one. It is a grind fest. Mm. Um, you got to play those tables just over and over and over again to earn just, I mean, the maximum you can earn, I think is 70 points, 70, 75 points. Um, right. And it's just a slog fest trying to get those points to go and so i'd finally yesterday i'd finally gotten into uh the top 20 percent that would move me forward i checked it this morning and i was boom dropped right back down so uh i i agree with sven with what he said last week they need to institute it where if you lose a match you are losing more than just five points but you're losing you know a full 50 points um so that choosing to grind it out yeah, because right now it's just, it's like, it's real easy. Uh, you know, if I want to get my points, if I want to get uh, a safe 50 points, I don't go for the top score, I go for the second top score. And I can usually beat that with no problem. Uh, that score doesn't seem to change that much. Um, mm. So I know what of the four tables, I know where I'm scoring on average on each of the four tables. And I'm just going to go, mm, yeah, I can, knock, I can knock that out. And And the thing is, is I can knock that out and be so far over the, the second top score that I get a huge... Um, uh, bonus for disparity bonus, as opposed to if I try and knock out the top score and I'm barely going to get past it, which means I don't get any disparity bonus, which means I'm wind up getting out the same amount of points as if I'd done the, uh, the second. And it seems like the top score is the only one that escalates higher. Whereas the second top score 
kind of sticks around the exact same each time. So mm. they definitely got some kinks to work out to make it uh, make it better because already two weeks in, I'm like, ugh, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. And it reminds me of basically what TPA's tournaments were like, where it was. Mm. Yeah, you know, fun for a couple of grind, weeks, and then you grind, just kind of go. You know what? I don't want to grind. It's it's just no fun to grind and try no. and. The key with these tournaments, right, and any sort of achievement that you're trying to do is to get the goal short. So the shorter the goal, within reason, the better. And I think you know. Yeah. This is this is something that, by the sound of things, they need to look at tweaking because we there's only a certain type of person that will go. You know what? I want to be the top, and I don't care what it takes to actually get there. Um, and you know, when those you people see what some generally... of the totals are, and you realize that they're playing hours and hours and hours. Yeah, I mean, it, there's no other way yeah. that they can get that many points. And that's pretty disheartening for someone who you know actually has a life um, and mm-hmm. just wants to enjoy the game and be competitive, have a bit of fun, but at the same time, you know, not invest basically their life into a video game because you know th- there's probably better things you could be doing with your time out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. One thing I do like though with the matchups, um, and they're you know selecting these four tables is I'm playing tables I never touched. Mm. <laughs> I shouldn't say never touched. Didn't necessarily play much of. Uh, so like this time it was Bob's Burgers, which I barely ever played. Um, mm. After playing it, I kind of realized why I barely played it. It doesn't really. Those Fox tables don't sit well with me at all. I, well, it's I, not they to- were. A regretful it, it, purchase. It's one of those things where you're constantly. Uh, there is no particular mode start. It's just if you shoot this ramp three times, a mode has started, and if you shoot another ramp three times, that mode has started too. And you can start three modes at the same time, mm-hmm. so they're going to all be stacked. But it becomes very confusing where you're going, what's tightening out, what's you know doing, and that just doesn't appeal to me. Um, no. We also had Excalibur which I realize is kind of a fun table. I just haven't put any time in it to figure out what to do on it. Um, It is a fun table. It is pretty fun, though. I was liking that. So I might play that some more. Uh, We also had uh, Civil War, which, again, don't don't care for it. I can't figure Mm. out what the heck is going on. It's uh, all sorts of banter and talking between Tony and Captain America and just randomly all of a sudden I'll hear... You know, so and so was joined. Joined, uh, yeah. What's that? Captain America, and so and so was. I'm like, I don't even know. It has something to do with popularity and and what shots you're hitting, but the shots are, yeah, really bizarre. Yeah, um, and there's a lot of shoot. no, and there's a lot of virtual ramps that suddenly appear if you hit a shot, and sometimes it'll go on this crazy uh, automatic shooting spree, and other yeah, times yes. it doesn't. And and yep. that screws you up because sometimes you're like, oh, here we go with the automatic, and it doesn't happen automatically. And then other times you're all set and keyed, ready to hit the ball, and nope, it just does it automatically. And so I didn't, yeah, that, that's I realized that that's why that's a table that I don't play much of. Mm. Um, and then the final table was uh, was Han Solo, which is yeah. another uh, no mode game. It's you shoot a particular ramp seven times, basically, and that gives you step one of that mode. And then if you shoot another ramp a particular amount of times, that starts that particular mode. So there's no uh, mission hole. It's just shooting these shots. Well, again, the shots aren't necessarily satisfying. Uh-huh. And 
Uh, I found out how to do multi-ball and that gives you a whole boost of points. And so I just kept on shooting that ramp over and over and over again to spell courage three times to get multi-ball going. <laughs> and again, total slog fest. Yeah. Um, Horrible. So, I, yeah. hate the, I hate the spell aromas, man. Oh, you know my hatred for them. Oh, I know you do. I know you do. Uh, um, d- I, definitely am, I'm definitely a fan of something that allows you to have a mission hole and get a mission going. That yeah. I can key into that much better. Uh, yeah, than just like going because there's some. I'm sure there's some tables in Zen that I haven't even unlocked modes on, or like you know modes ramp based modes on because I probably oh, yeah. don't even know that there's actually ramps that you need to shoot to activate a mode. Like because I, I forget- typically with Zen I don't I don't read the instructions. I just play them until such time as I go. Uh, this game is making zero sense to me <laughs> whatsoever. So I need to then go and read one of the Shuriken to the Chins guides. Um, yeah. Um, well, the table guides aren't bad. They they clue you in uh, yeah. to at least somewhat what you should be aiming for or what you should be doing. Um, so I've been I've been using those yes. a little bit. But no, there was a table last week, and I can't remember what it was. Um, but it's a table I played a fair amount of. And all of a sudden, this mode started, and I was like, what the heck is this? This is awesome. I've never even seen this, and I have no clue how it started. Yeah, how do I do this again? I want to do this again. This is <laughs> Pretty great. much. Pretty much. Yeah. So... Um, and it was one of those things where I was like, I know that Zen said they've tweaked some of these uh, tables um, either in shot selection or, or doing you know something to make more sense, make it easier to get uh, mode started, I think is one of the things they said. Oh, um, good. Uh, and, and that made me think, oh, is this one of those that suddenly that's why I got this where, where I've never seen it before? Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how before. Yeah, I don't know how truthful that is or not. Uh, the other thing that I'm enjoying, and I haven't really fully uh, played with it, other than in this matchup mode, because matchup mode is unlimited balls. It's just constant ball save. Oh, okay. And what I'm realizing, and I especially noticed it while playing Iron Man, because Iron Man is a brutal table that will just drain on you, and you'll just scream bloody murder because you've taken for ever trying to get you know some mode unlocked or whatever and yeah, the spell <laughs> and, and 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 so now having the ball save mode it's like oh now i can be risky with shots and i can just finally see what happens um, yeah. so i think i'm going to i'm going to exploit that on a couple of tables because there's a couple of tables where i've been dying to see where it goes and i've just never gotten that far <laughs> yeah so basically just take the glass off and play the thing until you complete it basically mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. It's great. It's like virtual glass, unlimited balls. Yeah. So again, I, I think what Zen has done here is certainly a vast improvement over uh, F- FX2. And I've certainly noticed it in the lighting on, on certain tables. Um, and uh, again, on those older tables, you will notice the ball physics mm. uh, being different. Um so speaking speaking of lighting, I heard some news recently that was very interesting in the fact that on the Switch they're about to get Stone Pimble Arcade, um, yeah. which is probably out of all the handheld platforms that you could choose, definitely the best one to to actually deploy this on. Um, the sure. Switch is the Switch is basically it's got the Shield K1 processor in it that the Shield tablet has. And it, it's got some chops underneath it. 
And um, the thing that's interesting about the the Steam Pinball Arcade version on um, Switch is that it's running DX11 lighting. Um, okay. Yeah. So true DX11 lighting. Proper actual DX11 lighting. Um, and because like PS4, it's it's dynamic lighting, but I don't think yeah. it's DX11 lighting. <laughs> this is I don't know how they managed to put DX into a platform like this, but they've got it, and it's like it's basically it's a PC experience. Hmm. Um, in Steam Pinball Arcade. So you'll get all the lighting, all the room modes, everything that you have in the PC version on the Switch. Pretty amazing for a handheld. A handheld. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, so good on you. I think the disc is due to be released very soon. Um, so I, if I was a Switch, it would be an instant buy for me, Switch owner. That would be amazing. Would watch. you? Yeah, I totally. Still, I still wouldn't. I still, I am so gun shy on Farsight and consoles especially uh, Nintendo. Nintendo with while they did Wii U. Now I know that the guys have said we have a great relationship with Nintendo and the switch is a breeze to uh, work the with. As opposed to the Wii U. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, that's I mean, that's I'm encouraging. Worried. That's but why I would I'm not, in, I wouldn't instant buy. I would be, I literally wait. I wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't here's, the initial, here's the initial, here's the initial no, release. And then I'm going to wait until you have another table and I'm going to see, do you instantly release it on Switch or is it going to become like the PS4 and the uh, Xbox yeah. where it's a twice a year release? Yeah, you're looking um, at DLCs. That's, it's a world of frustration at your fingertips. Mm. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I would, that's why I would be a definite wait and see. Um, yeah. I guess um, the other news uh, with uh, Stern is that, well, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to eat our words about exclusivity, aren't we, Chris? Because uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters is now in um, TPA, and uh, that is surprising the heck out of me that they've actually done that. Does that mean that opens up a world of questions? Like, okay, so for Ghostbusters, if that's no longer exclusive to Stern, then are they actually going to get rid of Stern as a concept? And just killed off because I, I have heard that it wasn't super like well received um, as a as an app um, or an offering. Well, so, uh, this is the migration strategy. Here's here's the issue from what I the rumblings I've had and actually having been able to play the app, um, it, it's still not a great uh, user interface environment to to play on. No. Um, and once you get into the game itself, well, then it just feels like TPA. And yeah, it does. I think that people were dismayed by the fact that it's taking so long for tables to come out for, mm. for this. And that is what made me wonder in terms of Ghostbusters, you know, it's been announced to been coming out for... Uh, probably going on nine months now. Yeah, about um, that. Yeah. If you bought the hard copy of Stern Pinball Arcade for PS4, on the cover it's got a sticker that says free copy of Ghostbusters when it's released. Oh, really? Okay. That's been out for a while. So yeah, right. I think that's the disturbing part for everybody. You know, that's that's what's been irking everybody that, that has it. Um, is where's the releases? Where's the releases? You keep on talking about these things, but where are they? And I'm wondering if releasing Ghostbusters on TPA is kind of a, not necessarily an apology, 
but more of a, hey, we understand, sorry for the wait. We're going to make it available to everybody, but hey, <laughs> check out the Stern Pinball app also. <laughs> you know, um, I think on the Stern Pinball app, you get access to skins, um, like Ghostbuster skins. Um, you can get the LE skin or something like that. Right, apparently they have that for, for that, but I think they also are selling that on the PS4 and Xbox One, which is also causing people issues because oh. they're like, well, I already bought the pack, the original pack, and now you're selling this additional pack. Um, yeah. It actually so, sounds very much like Stern's tiered pricing model. Who would have thought? <laughs> you know, and, 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 and this comes down to, again, how much do you blame on Stern? How much do you blame on Farsight? And yeah, it's, it's from what I understand, say, yeah. most of this is, is on Stern. <laughs> um, well, they're the ones yeah. that are dictating all of this. So I don't know. I, I would be very... Who knows? Maybe Stern's looking at the numbers too and going, hey, where's our cash payday that we were getting, you know, look at what we were getting on, in, in, in Pinball Arcade, mm. and we're not getting that with Stern Pinball Lab. So, um, I, yeah, you're right. It's, it's a grand experiment to see what happens. Uh, just today I was kind of looking over some of the threads, and one of the things was like, 10 bucks? You're not getting my money, Farsight! Oh, yeah. And, and that's where I went, well, guys, if you looked at the pinball, the Stern Pinball app, all the tables are 10 bucks. This is yeah, their this standard pricing for price. per table. Yeah. When it comes yeah. to TPA, it's also going to be ten bucks. Um, yeah. I don't know if they're doing cross buy. Um, I thought they were. I um, thought they were. Uh, yeah. But it, that's also ticking off people that did the Stern Pinball app and bought the season or or whatever the the pack because they're mm. like, well, but I also have a season pass on. Uh on TPA, and so now I've essentially bought the table twice, which, no, you didn't. You bought a season pass, and that gives you a Stur- discount. You get an entitlement, yeah. On yeah. It. Um, so, if you, basically, if you buy a season pass on TPA, you also get... So, it works on TPA. If you buy the season pass, you get the table included. Um, and if you've bought the table explicitly in Stern, you get it included, but you also get it in TPA as well. Um, uh, I don't know if it's backwards. Oh, no, that's right. It isn't. They're, they're separated, but it they're backwards. It's the 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 gray point in here is the season pass and TPA. Yes, that's the bit that's making people stabby. Um, yes. So it's sort of like you get a free ride if you got a season pass, but if you bought them, if you don't have a season pass, you can buy it separately. But the price is ten bucks, um, regardless of what platform yeah. you buy it on, and it will work in both right. versions of the game. So it's sort of like yeah. Yeah, it it's interesting. The season pass complicated matters in this this respect, but yes. So I was excited because I look it uh, popped up in the beta, and so I looked it up, you know, looked at it, and mm. it does the table flybys, and that's all it does. I can play it. <laughs> Indeed, you can. Oh, you were able to I, play it. I was I, not able to play. I managed. To, there's been it's been just released into the beta test channel um, for Android and. A lot of Note 8 users um, in there. There's a fair few dudes that have invested in the new Samsung Note 8, mm-hmm. um, and they can't. It's too jittery um, for them to be able to play it at the moment. There's some performance issues, but strangely enough, for once on the Shield tablet, it actually is butter smooth. And I've got a feeling, based on the fact that Samsung, and I've said this a number of times before, Samsung typically has issues with GPU. No matter what thing they decide to use in their phones, it always has GPU um, clocking issues. And the Shield tablet, of course, is basically a, a PC architecture in a tablet. 
So it's the only thing it doesn't have is RAM. So it's only got two gig of RAM in the tablet, but the K1 processor is, it's doing its job with this table. It is making it run very well and there's no performance issues at all. But um, when I tried it on my Pixel XL, on initial load, the, the game will start, but it's jittery as anything. What you then do is you you put the uh, app into what they call background and then bring it back into the foreground again. And for some reason, that resets the emulation and I can get a, a pretty decent game out of it um, on my Pixel. So what I think is happening in there is on initial load um, and trying to actually run the, the, the game code, there's some sort of lock happening with the processor threads and it's actually not giving enough um, processing power to the um, physics side of things because the ghost slings which are very interesting to see working real time they're very cool actually yeah um because i've never seen a, a premium version of this game i have no idea what oh, they look okay. like and i was going oh that that's pretty sweet how they got them yeah. done i reckon they are the thing that is causing the performance issue um, probably because it's like basically they've had to introduce a brand new physics model just for the ghost scenes because they do some pretty creative things. Um, oh, yeah. And I don't think they could actually emulate that properly unless they had a physics layer doing... Well, the there is some program things. magnet uh, action happening uh, on the real table. Uh, oh, yes. No, there is. But the thing is that that yeah. table is, is governed by actual real-world physics. To actually re... Right. To replicate that exact behavior in TPA, I don't oh, think... Right. I don't think they would actually be able to do that just with a digital version of the magnets. They would like, unless the physical engine caters into to magnets as well. I, I don't think so. So that's what I think is causing performance issues in, in the platforms at the moment, but this is only the first beta. Um, so I'd say that probably what they're doing is the right thing. They're releasing it as it is to see what devices struggle and then they'll concentrate on those devices to actually improve the performance. The one thing I have noticed with the TPA version, I haven't actually seen it on Stone Pimble Arcade yet. They they haven't actually done a beta for it, but I can tell immediately the sound quality um, is totally different to what you hear in Stone Pimble Arcade because the audio is not being directly streamed like it is uh, in Stone Pimble. Like it's got that horrible downsampled audio that's warbly and gross yeah. and. Like I can, I just can't wait until it gets to the stem pin below. Okay, so I can have the true audio experience with it. Like the, you know, listening to things like Star Star Trek and Stern Pin Below Cade, uh, not Stern and Mustang, um, in the Stern app is a is a delight with headphones because the audio is crisp and CD quality. But this is just, it's a bit of a a little bit of a mess. It's okay. Don't get me wrong. It's it's passable definitely in in. Um, comparison to the other table audio quality because it's sort of like being sourced from CD quality audio, but yeah, it's still crackly and it's got some artifacts in it that make me a little bit sort of strange, <laughs> uh, feel strange about it. But from a gameplay perspective, it's fun. Like, geez, playing the premium version versus the pro version, I I really hate the pro version even more than I do now. Because the, well, the shot... That plastic ramp, geez, it's just such a cop-out. Such yeah. a cop-out. I, I look forward to seeing, uh, but like I said, right now with uh, on Steam, the DMD didn't even pop up. That's why I say oh. I don't think that all you got was audio uh, attract 
uh, audio and the flyover of the table. Um, you push mm. start, nothing happens. Um, so I don't think they quite had it loaded in yet all the way. <laughs> it sounds um, like it nearly was nearly there, just not quite. Nearly, there. just not quite. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've got a feeling that this one's going to have a few beta rounds um, because it's a. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a bit of a balance between tuning and, um, yeah, and actual gameplay with this one. And the thing is that I'm surprised for a start that you were even able to get this into TPA because the TPA's emulation structure is very different to Stern Pinball Arcade's native mm-hmm. support for the uh, app. So getting this into a state that they can actually emulate in TPA's framework is in itself a very impressive feat. Um, we might have to uh, we might have to have a conversation with Norman again and uh, figure out what the heck. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be very interested to hear what he has to say about how this one managed to get to the platform. It might be an interesting story um, yeah. to to hear. I think everyone would like to hear it. Um, so we'll see if we can get him on the blower and see what he reckons about it. Also interesting that I kind of went, huh? Was did you happen to see uh, pictures emerged this week of Jersey Jack's new table, which is Pirates of the Caribbean? Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. And I went, but what? That's, uh, that's fairly a. It's fairly. I shouldn't say fairly recent to uh, Stern's. Theirs is what maybe five years old, um, if that. Yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit more, like ten, I think, isn't it? I don't know if you're, yeah, I think you're going a little bit too far back on that, but it's also not very timely. (laughs) Um, I mean, the latest, the latest just came out on, on video. It didn't do extraordinarily well at the box office. And here you are with a Pirates of the Caribbean table. Um, No, it's it's 2006 Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm right. Um, Wow. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's an old game. Okay. Um, so I guess uh, Stern not uh, going to put that one in the vault <laughs> and their re-release <laughs> vault well, edition, I should say. Well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. They probably wouldn't because I don't think it was super popular. Uh, well, I, I also think that this is clearly Jersey Jack got the license and I don't think you would have two two companies Companies. with a license at the same time. No, you're probably right. Um, so, yeah, it looks like an interesting table. Um, it does. It's got a spinner right there in the middle, big old spinner. And... Uh, Two ramps on the sides. I think it's a wide body again. It doesn't look like yeah. a narrow. Is it, well, um, it's, got the double, it's got the double in lanes. I don't think Jesse Jack do narrow bodies. They're all wide body it's games. Dialed in. Nope. No, they're not. Dialed in as a narrow body. Oh, narrow. There you go. Huh. Yeah. Why do you think I like it so much? <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, dialed in is definitely a narrow uh, as compared to Hobbit and... Um, Wizard of Oz, but this one looks like it's a wide body. Also, like I said, it's got double in lanes, so it kind of tells you it's right there. Wide, yeah. Although um, Evans family has double double in lanes on one side, and it's a narrow on one side. Yes, mm-hmm. on one side. Mm. So, so, but yeah, yeah I was I was kind of shocked to see that. Yeah, that does look interesting. Um, so we'll see what they do. Apparently, they've. The killer feature with this game is just the combinations of modes you can get. You can get something like, I forget the the measurement they use, but it was something like 15 trillion megadoodles or something like that. It was, <laughs> it was, it was a huge amount of different play combinations. And really, they can make the claim that no game will ever be alike as far as when you mm. play it because wow. of the combinations of modes. 
which is yeah. pretty amazing, really. Um, yeah. See, Jersey Jack are doing some very interesting things with pinball, like more than Stern are at the moment. They're actually well, yeah, treating it interesting, differently. I heard an interesting analogy, and I kind of went, you know what? You're kind of like that. And that was that Stern hasn't really done anything wow factor, as she might say, uh, innovative uh, since Metallica. Um, yeah, and this is this isn't my opinion. This is what this person was saying, and I kind of went, mm, "Yeah, you're not too you're not too wrong on that." And they said essentially what they've been producing since then is a whole bunch of Hondas. They're safe, yeah. they're reliable, but they're not sexy, and they don't make you uh, you know jump for joy. No. Jersey Jack is more swinging for the fences, and yeah. you might wind up with a Kia. And you might wind up with a Tesla, but you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's um, true. They're experimenting. And that's the thing I like about Jersey Jack. They're actually going, you know, we're not, we're not just going to sit here and take a, a formulaic approach to this product. Right. What we're actually going to do is we're going to use a bit of, well, product-based thinking, really. And we're going to go, right, what experiments can we perform on our machines and on our product line that will allow us to then for the next machine, learn from that and actually make something even more different. Um, it's very interesting. I've, I've got a feeling they've got a very different product development approach there at Jersey Jack than Stern do. Um, yeah. And it's probably because they have the luxury of being a new pinball manufacturer and they can have a different approach to it because Stern has a reputation to uphold to an extent. And um, I think that is probably holding them back a little bit from what they can do. Well, um, Jersey Jack is still in the experimentation mode, uh, finding out what works, what the customers like, what sells, what doesn't. Stern mm. has so many tables under their belt that I'm sure they've got a spreadsheet that tells them exactly uh, what works and what doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, and unfortunately, then you wind up with something like Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know... It, I don't know. I've also heard rumor that Stern is thinking of doing an original uh, license. That's about time. Table. Like they've um, got enough. Be... Of, they've got the designers now. They could probably pull it off. Um, but know. that would be quite quite amazing because Gary Stern has been very vocal about I will never sell a non licensed pin again. Um, yeah. Very interesting. I think he's probably seeing pressure from the industry. Going, you know what? There's a lot of people out here that are doing things with pinball that aren't licensed. So Well, and, and again, maybe we can look at Dialed In as uh, an example, you know, yeah. where it was like, hey, I let, my, I let a well-known designer have his own theme, and he went nuts with it and, and did a really good job. Um, yeah. And if the sales of it are doing just fine, then maybe that proves that, hey, now and then you can drop one of these and people will actually pay attention. Hmm. Exactly. I think it's good. But this is the thing that competition brings. Yeah. Um, it's very good. So, so I've been we'll doing some stuff. I've been doing some stuff during this week. Yeah, if um, you've been following Jared's uh, Twitter feed, you'll have noticed exactly what he's been doing. And we were going to talk about it last week, but you know, some of you didn't show up. Uh, <laughs> somebody with, with all the information couldn't actually talk about it. Uh, yeah, so I've got um, a while back, I wanted to try and get back into doing pinballs again for real. And uh, that's finally happened. I've got um, uh, an arrangement with one of the guys who has a, the, the guy who actually had a, a large um, shipment of African pinball machines. And he's got such a backlog of them that he needs hand uh, actually turning them around. 
and getting them out to people. So he's called on me to um, just do clay field work for him. So what I'm doing is I'm I'm doing the tops, I'm doing the bottoms, and I'm just replacing all the doing all the labor stuff that takes him the 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 greatest amount of time. And then he basically gets him over the line with any minor things that need to be done after that. So I'm essentially saving him about five hours a table. Theoretically, five Theoretically, hours a table. you've already spent uh, a good 10 hours oh, at least. Oh, more um, than that. Much more than that on this I'm just saying off table. your posting. You, you, uh, so Jared's been working on, uh, what's it, Jack's Open? Jack's Open, which is a Jack's 1983 uh, sold state by Godley. And, and um, he spent a good five hours taking off mylar, uh, yeah. which hopefully you'll try the freezing off method next time. And uh, no, I tried it; it was not good. It, it didn't actually work? removed much more paint. No, much more paint wow. than the other Interesting. method. Yeah, it, oh, and also the the mylar just like broke into pieces, basically. Um, mm. So I tried to pull it off; it wasn't coming off in a nice, nice continuous sheet. It was just snapping yeah. and taking uh, paint with it. So. Nope, not doing that. But what Arr. I did find, what I did find was quite effective was isopropyl alcohol um, to actually loosen the glue. So what ah, you do okay, is yeah. you, you take an edge up and you just start spraying the table with isopropyl alcohol, um, and it just Which dissolves the glue. Or, or yeah, because it evaporates faster than the table will absorb it. Um, yeah, but it takes care of the glue for sure. Yeah, it just does. Yeah, it melts it basically into it melts into a gooey mess. Um, yes. but that's fine, but you get the, you get the Marlow off no problems at all with it. And the paint mostly stays on there. Look, this table had a lot of issues with planking, um, because uh, of the, these, these African tables are pretty rough and they were stored in strangely enough, a wet environment over in, <laughs> in Africa. I don't know how that happens, but like this, the, the cabinet on this one actually is rotten on the bottom. Like oh. it's, it's pretty, pretty rough. The cabinet. Um, but the play field itself actually is sold enough. Um, but yeah, the, I found out there were actually two layers of mylar on this particular pin. Oh my God. Um, so there was a top layer, which was poorly applied and it was poorly applied over the top of the already bad mylar that was factory. <laughs> so what happened is of course, with, with the fact that you've got like a, a big void underneath the, the mylar that you're trying to fill in with those bits that are worn through you already know what happens with that. Basically, the ball wears through it twice as fast. Right. Um, so you get these massive cliffs in the play field, basically, around all the inserts. So I thought, well, I can do one of two things here. I can basically get the money, like spend the time that um, was estimated for this table to, and budgeted for the table to take, and just get it out of my life. Or I can go down the rabbit hole and I decided to go down the rabbit hole with this one because number one, I was enjoying the hell out of doing it. And mm-hmm. number two, I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't leave that mother on. I just, I was looking at right. it all the time. I was trying to get all the, the ball swirls out of it and it wasn't coming off at all. And I was just going, no, nah, this is triggering me so badly. I need to get rid of this mylar and I'm going to just like, clench my teeth and hope that I don't screw up the, the, the play field on it. And I did actually say to um, my, um, uh, the guy is I'm doing the job for, I said, so I, I need to let, you know, I kind of went 
to the next level with this one. He looked at me strangely. I went, yeah, I kind of demylard the play field on this one. He goes, oh, well, that's okay. Because what we can do is we can uh, we can touch up the playful underneath and then, you know, we'll do those playful touch-ups and it will actually be a little bit easier. But I think he wasn't expecting me to do it because right. he knew the effort involved to do it. So he didn't say, oh, look, do it, but I'm only still going to give you the same amount of money because yeah. I can't afford to give you any more. But because I went to, went to the extra step to do it, it's actually been good because he's been able to see what I can physically do right. with these tables. And he knows now that I had scope to do it. And if he needs it done, I can do it for him in the future. So, and See, there you go. You make a good first impression on the first one you do, and uh, you never know what it goes well, from there. Well, that's the thing. Like You, you go a little bit... Uh, a little bit extra, like you're saying. It's it's yeah. doesn't hurt to actually prove what you can and can't do. And you know, I he was saying, oh yeah, I don't know about that flipper. Like when he delivered the table, he had a good close look at the underplay field and goes, oh oh no, I didn't realize this pinball um, um, crank had a, a sheared bolt in it. Oh geez, I'm going to take this one back to the shop. And goes, oh well, no, don't worry. I'll, I've this isn't my first rodeo. I can more than likely fix that you'll just need to give me the replacement hole and i should be able to get it he goes oh, oh okay look he says if if you can get this flipping well done because it's it's pretty much the deep end i've given you one that's kind of the deep end here right. and um i want to see how you how you go with it but yeah i managed to it took me a good 45 minutes but i drilled out the um tempered steel bolt in mm. one of the four assemblies and geez that was hard work because I tried to initially, I didn't have a center punch, so I couldn't get the flipper and, and the bolt and drive a, a pilot hole into the um, bolt. So when I started drilling, I kind of the drill wandered a bit and it sort of went off center when I started mm-hmm. drilling the bolt out, which means you've pretty much got twice the effort to try and drill the bolt out right? because you're going, you're going off center, so you need to go wider and wider and wider. So I... And ended up getting the thing off, but I had to drill, like use a like an eight or nine millimeter drill to actually drill all of the spring metal bolt out. But I got it, and I was surprised. I thought, oh man, there's no way I'm going to get this. So <laughs> I, was, I had to actually clamp the playfield against the side of the cabinet, so I had something to push against, oh, and man. then I had to I had to clamp the flipper down with a big G clamp of adjustable G clamp, and like crank up the flipper so I could actually push against the mechanism because the bolt was in a, uh, an odd spot. So I I sort of jerry-rigged all this stuff and got it working to the point that I could just use two hands on the drill and just drive the drill into this <laughs> spring metal thing and, yeah, managed to get it. So I was stoked. It was like success at the end when yeah. I got this thing out. So, so, how much, so how much how much more work do you feel that you have on this one? So I've got to do, I've got to replace ender stroke switches. I've got to put a new flipper um, crank on the other side of the um, pinball machine. And then I've got to um, put back the big nine bank drop target assembly again. Okay. Um, and and that's okay. I've got some spare parts for the, the drop target. There was a crack target in it, so I thought I'd just strip that apart as well. And... Um, yeah, just get that all cleaned out. It was disgusting. It was full of oil and grease, basically. So there you go, um, folks. If you uh, if you follow Jared's Twitter feed, you'll still be able to catch <laughs> you'll, you'll be able to catch the tail end of uh, what happens to Jacks to open and uh, mm. see what see where it's going. It, it has been interesting. Uh, just he's been showing before and after pictures of what he does each step, 
Um, mm. so for, the, for those of you that are into your uh, table restoration porn, there you go. Uh, follow yeah. Jared at Jared Morgs on Twitter. Um, me on Twitter at Shut Your Traps. You can, of course, always follow the show at Blockade. Uh, then you can find out uh, things like what may or may not be happening with our logo, <laughs> um, and uh, which we've had some activity going on on the uh, on the forum thread uh, with somebody wanting to uh, donate a little of their time, also. So we'll see where we uh, will we fall on those ends. Yeah, um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, also, be sure to send us an email if you have information that we ask during the show. If you have questions, if you uh, want to make comments, our email is blah blah blockade at gmail dot com. Be sure to visit the website blockade pinball at. Uh, see, I always mess it up, Jared. Blockadepinball dot com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, there you can download past shows as well as uh, read show notes and timing notes and uh, websites that we happen to mention. Yes. Which which I should point out, uh, the Kickstarter that I mentioned about the Spinner Cube, uh, it took less than a week. It's fully funded, and now they're going into stretch goal mode, which they haven't announced yet, but uh, they said they do have plans for. So that thing still has another three weeks to go. Well, <laughs> that's yeah. good. People have a thirst for things they can spin and click. So and there you go. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Uh, well, until next time, like I said, be sure to uh, probably check out Zen on Tuesday. I believe that's when I will post the next tournament. That uh, and that's what I'm most. That's why I most probably will maybe have the episode done. Uh, exactly. So when this episode <laughs> drops, there should be a tournament on uh, on Zen. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to try and do this every week. Like I said, I wish that I could have it actually titled Blockade, but um, it's using my username. So shut your trap is what you're going to want to look up to uh, find out what that tournament is. Uh, and I'll be sure to tweet out about it also so everybody knows to hop on there and play. All right. Mm. With that, we shall say uh, thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. WizardAmusement.com. Sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blockade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball.